The following 40 plus minutes of audio is a segment that I meant to record with Eddie Mercado from BloodyElbow.com that would help me to enhance my live play-by-play that I'm doing on the SB Nation MMA YouTube channel on Saturday for UFC 236. We had such a long and fun conversation that I decided to drop the audio from our entire talk here on my podcast feed. If you like what you hear, tell me about it on Twitter. I'm at FlyingBrianJ and maybe we can do more of this in the future. But for now, just enjoy my conversation with Black Fabio, Ricky Ketchup, Mr. Positivity, Eddie Mercado. Well, I guess they're all fake belts. Right, I know. That's that's what a lot of people come up with. It's just a promotional tool. It's a gold belt that the UFC uses as a promotional tool. But what complicates it is if you're talking to a casual fan, they're like, isn't uh, Kalabib Nurma, Nurma something the champion? And the, I'm like, yes, he is. But now Max Holloway's the interim champion. They're like, how, how does that work? I'm like, that's a good question. Are they going to fight each other? I don't know. Same. It's the same thing in the co-main event. <laughs> I know. It's like... <laughs> Who the fuck knows if the person who wins this belt is even going to fight the other guy with the belt? It's not even. I think it's a big pacification tool, also, because Poirier was crying about the belt, and it's like, <laughs> all right, Poirier, here you go. Here's an interim belt. You get an interim belt. You get an interim belt. Oprah's out there. You all get interim belts. Yeah. yeah. It's a, and the co-main event. I like the middleweight division more than the. Or I like the middleweight division more than the lightweight division. I'm weird like that. But that fight, um, like, Yoel Romero is the number two middleweight in the world. And these guys are fighting for the second place belt, and Yoel Romero's nowhere to be found. Yeah. But to be fair, Yoel Romero has had his chance to win a title. Right. And he, he botched a weight cut as well as just came up short. Right. Yeah. So. Well, and uh, like, okay, Gaslam has worked over, not worked over, but he beat Jacare. Israel Adesanya has beat. Uh, we should be, we should be like recording this. This is I like am good. recording it. Ha. Oh, oh my, my fault, my bad. Good thing I didn't say anything inappropriate. Not well, that I ever do, anyways. I, I would have. <laughs> I just was hit record so I could not worry about it. And then if we were just in a flow, I'd be like, all right, hey Eddie. By the way, Sweet. beautiful, beautiful. Better to have too much. Recording than not enough. Oh, I'm I'm 100 on board. But yeah, Israel, he, he's coming off a win over 40 something year old Anderson Silva. His his best real win is uh, Brad Tavares, and he's getting this title shot. I don't know. Well, I would say Derek Brunson was a real win. You know, at least he got the finish there, and he's just he's untested. Like Gaslam has the experience in terms of facing more world champions. And more of a legit earned his spot at the top. But the wow factor that Adesanya brings to the table instantly catapults him up to the top. Uh, his style alone and his trash talk, like, yeah, this is what the people want to see. People want to see Adesanya compete for a title. Is it? Is he ready? Who cares? You know, like promotionally he's ready. So let him let him fight. Kelvin Gastelum, at least we don't have to see Gastelum walk around with a fake belt anymore with uh, Henry Cejudo's belt. So I'm okay with it. You know, the divisions are, are 
a lot of the divisions are just in a in a chaos, like for various reasons, suspensions and uh, PED uh, suspensions and um, just just chaos, right? So it doesn't matter. I had a friend over earlier, and I was trying to explain to him what was going on. And I was like, yeah, so-and-so's fighting for the interim. And so the second I said interim, he's like, no, I'm done. I'm done with titles. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing any titles no more. I was like, all right, we'll leave that. We'll leave the title discussion out because it's irrelevant. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, it, it's just – it's a waste of, of time. Like, it's just – I don't know, man. And, like, I, I guess it's not a big deal to me. Like, it's not like I'm like, oh – because the sport itself cannot just be a sport. Like, it can't survive that way. It has to have the spectacle side as well. Like, honestly, you can take the WWE and and all the promos and trash talking and all that fakery and you have real matches. I would watch the shit out of that. Like, that would be awesome. But, like, just straight up dry MMA – Yes, I'd watch the shit out of that too because I have a problem. But like, I, I couldn't expect anyone else to care about it. You know, it's the personalities that people are drawn to. It's the characters, the storylines. That's what people. It's those are the reasons people care. You know, outside of just wanting to see a fight, which most people care about. You know, you're at Walmart, you're gonna watch. But like, you have to have a reason to keep watching and follow someone and invest in the sport and invest in the fighters. I think I've gone off on a tangent. When I first started watching the sport, beyond just loving uh, Forrest Griffin and then Anderson Silva, I liked that we actually got to see the best fighter in the world fight like the second best fighter in the world or something like that. So we got to see who is the best fighter in the fucking world at this weight class specifically. And we're boxing. You know, sometimes you have this this WBCC champion over here and this ARR champion over here. And like, which one's better? I don't know. They're never going to meet. So we can't actually know who's the best boxer in the world at that weight class. What I liked about the UFC is that we actually got to see that. So now sometimes we're... Chaos Colby, even though I really dislike his gimmick, is the interim champion, and he doesn't get to fight the real champion because he decided he didn't want to fight on the day um, Dana White wanted him to fight the real champion. It, it kind of convolutes that idea of the best fighting the best all the time. Yeah, and it's you have to have you have to have the clown shoe side of it. Also, you have to have the spectacle side. So. For one, it's a business. So the bottom line will always be number one. You have to expect that. So the fight that is going to be the biggest draw is more than likely going to take – it'll take credence over the fight that on paper might be the one to make, however, isn't going to draw whatsoever. For example, go take go talk to Stipe Miasic and and go see what he has to say about that whole you know the sport versus the spectacle side of it because like the dude doesn't draw – and because of that, the greatest heavyweight of all time, can we say that, like, on paper in the UFC? Like, how many title de- successful title defenses did Stipe have? And, like, he doesn't get an instant rematch? If that's not the biggest crock of shit I've ever seen, I don't know what is. Like, that's like, – how, how do you explain that? So it's, it's, again, just the spectacle side versus the sports side, you know? And – I guess it's important for fans to understand that I guess you can't have one without the other. So shit like that's going to happen. You're going to have these weird 
you know, sometimes they're going to have to put a title on the on the line, whether it's to make a fighter happy, whether it's to keep the division going, whether there's background shit going on. It's just like a it's like a MacGuffin, you know, it's a way to keep the the it just MacGuffins keep the plot moving in movies. Well, the interim titles just kind of keep the divisions alive and and popping up and, and I guess some sort of attempt to get people to care. That's really what it boils down to, just pacifying people. Let's talk about the co-main event of the evening because it is kind of a microcosm of what you said, sport versus spectacle. In that, Kelvin Gastelum, I feel, has actually earned a a shot at the belt, the real belt, the the interim belt, whatever kind of belt you want to put on him. And then on the other side, Adesanya, while he has a great chance to defeat Kelvin Gastelum, I believe he's the favorite in this fight, and he... He has a pretty good reason to be in this interim title fight, but he's more of the spectacle in a sense that he's the more flashier fighter. He's the guy that's pretty good on the microphone. I'm um, got the win over the the goat or the former champion, so he's the more spectacle, even though he's leaning on sport as well. This is a fantastic matchup. A really long dynamic dynamic striker versus a, a short kind of pudgy overhand left um, good defensive wrestler in Kelvin Gastelum. How do you see this fight going down, Eddie? Ah man, I I see that that height discrepancy is insane. Like, did you see their their uh, face off? Oh my lord, Adesanya towers over Gastelum. Like this looked like a fan face off, and I I think that might end badly for Gastelum. I, I think Gastelum could easily lean on his experience and maybe pull out some tricks and really make it a grapple heavy MMA kind of match. But on the same token. When you're giving up that much range to someone who knows how to use their range and is a lethal striker, I don't think that's going to bode well. So I think it's going to end with Adesanya picking up a decision win. I think he's just going to outclass gas, outclass Gastelum, test his cardio late, and end up walking away with the decision here. Um, yeah, I just can't get over that that height discrepancy and. It's not like Gastelum is like, what is he great at? Like you were, you were alluding to, you know, he's, he's, his defensive wrestling is pretty sound and he's got that left hand. But like and a chin, he's got a, a pretty good chin also. He's got a really big skull. So He's very surprisingly fast. Uh, you see him and he, he, like I said, he's kind of short and pudgy, but these middleweights have been kind of surprised by that left hand speed. I mean, he, even though he lost to Chris Weidman, he mm-hmm. shocked him with his um, like – range closing ability with that left hand dropping him in that fight yeah it's almost like this youthful exuberance kind of speed like he i think gaston also kind of looks older than he is so you expect him to be slower but he's yeah he he is pretty quick and i mean he's like a smaller middleweight you know he fought at welterweight let's not forget right and uh, that really is going to show in this fight so I don't. I'm not sure how gas. I think Gaslam really just needs to get the fight to the ground or keep it up against the fence, and I just can't trust him to do that. I just really can't. So you kind of stumbled with your words, but I liked what you said. Outclassedlum. Uh, do you think that <laughs> at, <laughs> at minus one seventy is Israel Adesanya a good bet to outclassedlum? Uh, he's so untested that I just. I'm not sure. I'm not. He's still very untested. You know, look at you got Anderson Silva way past his prime. Derek Brunson, who, let's be honest, 
I mean, when it comes to like athleticism over technique, you look that up and you're going to find Derek Brunson right there. Uh, Brad Tavares was a quality win, but he's never faced. This is like the the most elite fighter in their prime that he's ever faced. So this is the biggest litmus litmus test for Adesanya. And I I don't know. I wouldn't. The main reason I, I wouldn't bet on on this main event is I just want to sit back and enjoy it, even if Adesanya does ending up outclassed them. I just want to enjoy it without worrying about my wallet on this one. Yeah, and that's always fun. You know, that's fair. Remove that gambler's bias. But yeah, I don't think so. I think it's too. I I think the odds are correct where they are, and that usually is a good sign that. Uh, there's not a lot of value there. Like if Gaslam was a bigger underdog, then I would be like, yeah, that's probably a, um, a valuable pick. Or if you know Adesanya was even at underdog odds or almost even, then yeah. But nah, I, I would leave that one alone for sure. Let's talk about the main event of the evening. It is between the featherweight champion, Max Blessed Holloway, versus Dustin the Diamond, one of the most exciting fighters in the history of the sport. Poirier. It's going to be exciting for for however long it lasts. It's going to be violent. I think we've got like volume in Holloway versus power, sort of in Poirier, but this one is another one I'm not going to put a bet on. We've got at this time it's minus 210 for Holloway, plus 175 for Poirier, but how do you see it going down, Eddie? Oh, this is going to be fire. Like, this is going to be fire. So, like, the UFC has gotten so much shit for constantly pitting its prospects versus prospects early in their careers. And Dustin Poirier, Max Holloway, they fought many, many moons ago. It was actually Holloway's UFC debut. He ended up getting submitted in the first round by a beautiful triangle armbar by Dustin Poirier. And then here we are, you fast forward, UFC 236, main event, vacant, interim, lightweight title, whatever that means. And here we get the rematch. So it's like we saw these guys at the very beginning, and now we see them at the pinnacle. So I think that's a very interesting arc to follow, like these guys early on and what they looked like when they fought each other. And then fast forward when it's for a belt, it's like as the as very good top level as they could possibly be, best versions of themselves. Like that's, that's awesome. I think that's, that's pretty freaking cool and pretty rare. And what is this going to look like? Ah, Man, craziness, chaos. Two guys who like to come forward and throw their hands. And I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I know. I, here's what I do know the Max Holloway that got submitted by Dustin Poirier is not the same Max Holloway of today. So to say that this fight would be anything like that is silly. Like, I don't think there's going to be any kind of resemblance whatsoever. So, what is this going to look like? Uh, Who's going to push who back here? I don't know. You know, you got Holloway. He's got that real just building volume pressure game where he's really reserved at first, really defensively sound. And then as the fight grows, he gets more confident, he gets more comfortable, and he starts turning it up. And then you got Poirier who, you know, he's gotten a lot better as he's grown about not just emptying the tank and standing there and brawling. You know, he's more reserved. He's more calculated now. He picks his shots a lot better. 
And I think he does. I think you said he holds the power edge, and I think that's true. I think he does hit harder, but I think the the chin and the beard advantage will go to Max Holloway. I've seen him eat some crazy hard shots. Like what what Aldo hit him with in their first fight, like those were some serious haymakers. And he just kind of ate him and backed up and smiled and and kept it moving. And I've never really seen him, you know, severely hurt. And I've seen Poirier slumped. Like I've seen Poirier out twice actually. Connor did it to him, Connor McGregor, and um, Michael Johnson did it to him. So I, that's definitely a possibility. I don't know. This is going to get crazy, man. This is going to get real crazy. Poirier also got hurt pretty bad with leg kicks uh, by by Jim Miller, and um, he almost got finished. I know it was an illegal strike from Eddie Alvarez, but he was pretty damn hurt there. And like you said, has Max Holloway ever been hurt? And he's coming up 10 pounds ordinarily when a fighter is moving up on a weight class uh, that it allows more residual water to be in their brain so that their their brain doesn't clash against their skull as easily when they move up a weight class and they're more well hydrated. So I think that Max Holloway should be able to, should be able to take a shot even better at 155 pounds than he did at 145 pounds. And I don't think it spells very good things for Dustin Poirier. Yeah, so you you got to say that the durability lies on the side of Max Holloway. And if this is going to be a firefight, which I think it will be, I'm going to probably pick the guy who has the better chin and is throwing more volume. And the trend is to move up and strike and win. Like that we we see that all across each all the divisions. So I have to pick Max here. My heart really kind of wants Poirier to win. Like he's paid his dues. Max paid his dues as well, but Max has won a belt. Seeing that, I'd like to see Poirier win a belt, even if it's an interim belt. Uh, he's a, he's a, seems like a pretty cool dude. He's well rounded. You know, if there's anyone shooting a takedown, it's going to be him. The ground is his is, is that like X factor. You know, because yeah, Max has gotten better with his grappling. But so has Poirier. You know, Poirier has only gotten better since then. It's not like he quit working on his his grappling as well. So this is just going to be fun. It's going to be one for the ages. I hope. Let's just let's just pray that there's no you know injuries or, or anything that will disrupt this. Any eye pokes or ball kicks or anything like that that's going to rob us of getting this elite top shelf matchup between two guys in their prime. I'm I'm so excited for this. I'm so excited, but uh, I got to pick Max here, and I don't I don't know I don't I don't know if Poirier will be able to sustain five rounds. So it's either going to end late or it's going to go to the scorecards. But I expect I expect some wild shit to go down. Really quick before we watch this main event, which we're both fucking really excited about, we're both picking Max Holloway. I think the volume, the durability, all of that jazz. But what do you think about his prospects of being able to contend with and perhaps defeat Habib Nurmagomedov? Well, Max Holloway continues to prove that you can't doubt him. You know, he's he's coming into this role where there's you, it's hard to deny his ability, and it's it's close to fifty fifty. You know, it's hard to it's hard to. That would be the classic striker versus grappler matchup, I think. Max Holloway versus Khabib. 
that would be awesome. And it might come down to who is more well-rounded. So I would give Max Holloway almost 50-50, but not quite. I still give Khabib the edge in that. Um, but, man, if he gets through Poirier tonight, that fight needs to happen. Absolutely, it needs to happen. But let's watch this fight. They're making their way to the cage right now. Eddie, before I let you go, tell the people where they can find you, and I'll see you in a little bit for the post-fight show. Yes, sir. You can find me on Twitter at the Eddie Mercado. You can also find me on Bloody Elbow doing results posts and highlights and whatever I'm doing over there. Go check me out. And uh, on my own channel, Eddie Mercado. Check me out there as well. And I'll be on the six-round post-fight show for this event on channel bloody elbow presents go check us out on youtube soundcloud all those other places you find the podcast thanks a lot eddie um i think that's good i mean i'm gonna cut it and do some shit maybe to try to fit it in between the fights i don't know maybe filter me put a little filter on no No, you look great (laughs) man i before before i got on here i was going to like watch my last live stream to see how much time i had between oh shit this guy won and then the next fight actually starting so i could try to um fit it in and that's what i'll i was just going to try to get us to fit in that window but i'm just going to edit it to fit fit in that spot okay well keep in the back of your mind a way that we could conveniently go live like maybe before the main event for like uh you know pay-per-views and stuff like that right if not just every card I've thought about doing it for every card. That'd be... I mean, the more the more Brian and Eddie, the better. That's the way I <laughs> yeah, That's right. And also, people seem to love, like, the, you know, the Joe Rogan compa- fight companion type of shit. People love that, even if you're not Joe Rogan. Like, I would definitely... Like, so I have to do results posts, typically. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I don't have to do results posts, or I don't have to do the highlights posts as well for this card. So that's not double duty for me so like i can go do my results and boom submit it and then i'm i can hop on and give my two cents or my quick like oh shit this card is crazy or or, i mean i can be i could honestly i could probably do my results live as i'm typing and still conversing with you and watching the fights all at the same time who knows that's something we could think about because i could i do it's a however long the pay-per-view lasts two hours three hours I talk to myself the whole fucking time. So I could take as much of the slack yeah. as, as needed away from you to be able to type them if that's something we did. That that might be really fucking cool. They get a lot of views. I mean, the I know UFC 229 was Conor McGregor, but I got like 1.5 million views on this. Holy shit. Yeah, that's super cool. And like, man, that might actually work since you could, you're used to talking, you know, solo, almost monologuing, that you could, you know, well, as I'm like... Do, play by play like it's um i try to let the what what i say at the beginning of the video is what i'm trying to do here is give you a radio style broadcast of the ufc 226 pay-per-view so that you can feel like you're in the old timey sitting in your living room listening to the am fm radio listening to the fights go down okay that's cool so that's that's cool then so like during the fights itself it could probably we can just leave it like that and you can just do your your play-by-play which will also help me honestly like hearing it from the tv and hearing it from you as i'm typing it out that would benefit me but and then like in between rounds i can pop in and be like oh maybe say a couple things and then you go back to doing your thing while i'm typing and then fights over we can oh i didn't agree with that decision i think so and so won the second round blah 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 or quick little thing that's a great idea. I got. But would that take away from our post-fight show? 
No, um, because they're they're separate. The separate shows. People okay. that watch the live thing might not watch the post fight show. And um, that's right. Okay, it's not all one. That's right. Yeah, and it's it's a summary. The post fight show is a summary, and that's happening live. It, no, it wouldn't matter. The only thing is, I'd have to figure out how to do it because if I'm broadcasting your audio, I have to mute the pay per view so um, that I don't so I don't broadcast the pay per view because that's illegal. And, right. And then I wouldn't be able to hear what's going on with the pay per view. We'll figure it out. I I did it once. I was going to do a podcast called Drinking with Pride, um, where I was just going to get drunk while watching Pride events on Fight Pass, mm-hmm. and like have guests. So I try, I was trying to figure out how to run open broadcast software while listening to that and without broadcasting that. I'll look into it. I'll look into it. Technologies. Yeah, I wish I could – so on open broadcast software, I can choose desktop audio. I wish I could choose like just audio from this one fucking window. Right, yeah. Like, only take audio from Google fucking Hangouts. Um, I'll research it. It'll be okay. But that's a good idea. That'll be fun. I do like yeah. chatting with you. Yeah, and I think the fans like it too. They seem to respond well. Zane as well. Zane, Zane also. Zane's cool. Yeah. Only, th- only thing. I disagree with the Miocic business. The what? I don't think he should have got an immediate title uh, rematch. No? No. Why not? Well, well, because... So, I know that three is the most title defenses in the history of the heavyweight division, but it's only three title defenses, and it's one of the historically weakest divisions in the UFC, and he got slept in under a round. Right. You know, like fucking, I want to move on from it. Yeah, but if anyone's going to get a shot, instant rematch. If anyone in the heavyweight division deserves an instant rematch ever in the history of instant him, rematches. Yeah, okay. Plus, I'm a, I'm a Cormier stan. <laughs> I love Cormier. So, like, let him get an easy win. Uh, man, I don't think I don't think it'd be easy again. <laughs> You're right. It wouldn't be. Like, Stipe is not an easy fight. I can't believe he, <laughs> when it, he When he slept him in under a round, I was like, oh, my. Well, I, my reaction was pretty severe. Like, holy shit. It was very, very shocking to me. Yeah, it was awesome. I it was thought, awesome. And I love that DC holds all the cards so he can just be like, sorry, Stipe. It's just, this is all about the money. Like, he's paid his dues. Yeah, and to, see, him, to see Cormier, like, get a lot of uh, success. I mean, that was a huge thing for him after – you know, getting murked by John Jones twice is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, man, I hate it. Like, John Jones played the heel really well leading up to the Cormier fights and then hitting him with the DX thing when Cormier couldn't take him down. <laughs> I felt bad. I felt so bad for Cormier. And then when Cormier cried and, and Rogan's interviewing him, I felt so bad for the guy. Because he's like, – he is a – seems like a genuinely good human being. So – it's uh, man. So like, I love. I've been uh, I've been a DC fan since Strike Force. You know, I always was like, yeah, he's like, he's kind of like Fedor. You know, he's he's like the man. But the only guy I like more is John Jones. Oh. So I just I relished in John Jones being evil John and full on just going with it. Like I, I was like, yeah, he made him cry. Like you son of a bitch. Like, I just, I thought it was, uh, I, I enjoyed it. 
I guess. Which is weird because I love Cormier, but in my mind, John Jones is the baddest man on the planet. Hands down. Like, hands down. Yeah, absolutely. It sucks that, was it, Mazzagatti took that win from him? That son of a bitch. You know, the Matt Hamill thing, I know it's, but it, it doesn't matter. I know, like, belts don't matter, the records don't matter, but it would just feel so much better if he was 26-0 and 0 instead of 25-1-1. Or 24-1-1, or and 1, whatever he is. I met, didn't, didn't Anthony Smith almost win the title on some weird shit? Oh, it was an illegal, an illegal knee or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That would have been that would have been all that should have happened. Like that should have been a thing. And then you have John Jones only losing by disqualification. Then it, it like solidifies that John Jones' greatest opponent is himself. Well, yeah, that he has solidified that many a many a time. That fucking guy. I met him this is kinda I just want to tell the story. I met him in Kearney, Nebraska. Middle of goddamn nowhere. John Jones? Yeah. He came to uh, I think it was RFA, the Resurrection Fighting Alliance, before they were the LFA. He came to L- RFA 2, where the main event... No, maybe it was RFA. It was one of the RFA events. I think the main event was um, Houston Alexander versus Gilbert Yivel. Or mm. it could have been the one where Tim Elliott knocked out Jens Pulver. Anyway, I met him in... At Carney, Nebraska, the population is uh, 37,000? Uh, we're in the middle of nowhere. M- middle of fucking nowhere. John Jones. And there were like 2,000 people at the event. John John was brought there to try to get fans to be there just to shake hands. And he was the nicest fucking guy. I took a picture where he like he pretended to punch me and I fucked my glasses up and act like I was getting knocked out by Johnny Bones. That was pretty awesome. John Jones is the man, dude. I love John Jones. Like It's funny that all the hate he gets. But like I know the deal. I know, I know who he is. Like he's the baddest fucking man on the planet. Well, and you know what? Like people hate on him because he has like a criminal record, kind of. Uh, you know what? I've been there, John. Hold on, Tim Elliott did not knock out Jens Pulver, did he? Flying knee, Carney, Nebraska, RFA one. Oh shit! No way. Damn, that was twenty eleven. Holy shit! Was it RFA one? RFA won, yeah. Yeah, there was like 2,000 people <laughs> That's awesome. I think... Um, Nebra- King- Kearney, Nebraska. Also, Maurice Smith at RFA 2 knocked out some, some nobody. Hey, Justin McCulley was on that card. Uh, there were some... And Gil- Gilbert Ivell, James Krause. Yeah, some big fucking names. I even watched um, uh, Marty Usman's first fight. I think it was his first question <laughs> fight. And Actually, I trained with a guy who has an amateur win over Eric Anders. That's fucking crazy, right? And it's a, it's amazing because, like, I trained with this guy, and he's not, like, huge. And I'm like, how the fuck did you beat Eric Anders? Like, that <laughs> behemoth. Oh, weird. Um, so, in 2011, uh, I hadn't watched fights live before. And there was... I've only been to a few handful of cards live, and most of them are the RFA. But there was a, a fight between Tyler Perry out of Nevada, I think Las Vegas. Um, not the act, not no, the filmmaker. No, a white dude, really fat, like belly hanging over his pants. Um, he fought this like jacked out of his mind dude. 
fucking chiseled, like bodybuilder type of shit. And when they both were in the cage, my brother and I were like, oh, my God, that guy's going to kill that fat bastard. And then, nope, Tyler Perry uh, knows jujitsu, jiu- and the other guy obviously couldn't defend a takedown or has never been in a jujitsu class. Tyler Perry submitted him in like 30 seconds. Like, whoa. Mm-hmm. That was a very eye-opening moment for me in, in mixed martial arts. Jiu-jitsu is real. Yeah, and the jiu-jitsu other guy was obviously just a bodybuilder, and Tyler Perry trains mixed martial arts. <laughs> you guys you guys teach UFC here? <laughs> yeah. He's just fucking, God, he was chiseled. I'll never forget that. Um, Jens was there with his belt. Who else? There were some huge names at a tiny little hockey arena. Like 2,000 people there. Can't believe it. Yeah. I miss those days. Like, I, you know, you would meet, like, Pat Militich in the middle of nowhere. And, like, Mechanicsville, Virginia. Here's Pat Militich and Brandon Vera and Jens Pulver and Sean Shirk. And it's like, what the fuck are y'all doing here? Yeah. Stefan Bonner was there. <laughs> Good old Stefan Boner. Stefan Bonner was playing the Bruce Buffer at one of the, like. Oh, God. Talk about cringy. <laughs> well, it got I think it got some asses in the in the building, you know, by putting that Stefan Bonner was gonna be on the microphone. He wasn't very good, no. <laughs> no. Couldn't have been. I remember when they put him on commentary duty, I was like, geez, this is this is like painful. I wanna stab my ears out. <laughs> Running it back to Daniel Cormier. Cormier is a great fighter. I think he's even better at commentary. Great at commentary, yeah. Yep. He just has this, like, jovial attitude where even there's a boring fight and he's, like, giggling over there about how great a takedown was. <laughs> or he's, like, man-crushing on Rogan or Dom or... Yeah. He's just fun and entertaining. He's jolly. He's just really jolly. He really is jolly. Fucking... And I'm a curmudgeon. Like, I get grumpy a lot, so his zest for life and positivity really wears on me. Like, it makes me happier. The same thing that makes him successful in that, I think, is the same reason he lost to John Jones. He just lacks this certain wickedness about him that John Jones possesses. Like John Jones is like, I'm, I'm, he's an evil human being. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Why didn't he John break Jones that out against evil. Anthony Smith, John Jones? Why didn't he what? Break out that evilness against Anthony Smith. I think you know. I think he could have easily finished Anthony Smith. I know Anthony kind of turtled up and then went in the defensive shell, like. Three out of five rounds, but John should have been able to finish him. Same way, same thing that Floyd Mayweather did to Conor McGregor when they boxed. You know, he took it to the tenth. He didn't have to do that. Like there's, there's no real reason Floyd did that outside of well, and, like that. It, and because people have been complaining about his fights not being entertaining, so he's like, okay, here's an easy chance to make it entertaining. I just I, yeah, like I give a couple of rounds to Conor McGregor, people, and then I whoop his ass, and people come out thinking that was awesome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it was awesome, but for many different reasons. But yeah, I think uh, that could be it for John Jones. And it could be a thing of like he's only going to do what he has to do. Like he, there's a point where it's like about preservation and not losing rounds. Where earlier it was just he was just being young and just demolishing people and just being raw. Whereas now it's he's defending his legacy. So there's a little more. A little more on the line, yeah. Also, there's. Yeah, fighting a little more reserved. We talked about it in the post-fight show after John beat Anthony Smith. But, like, 
so he had a close fight with even Daniel Cormier the first time, but in every rematch, Gustafson and Cormier, the rematch, he whooped their fucking ass. Yeah. He, he rematch Anthony Smith, he fucking walked through him like he's butter. Uh, I mean, that would... I would be more impressed if Anthony Smith got into a position to where he could get that rematch. That would be the, the biggest crazy, the craziest part of all that. But if it did happen, um, probably. I think um, Anthony Smith will probably, he would probably come out like, oh man, I could have done better. I gave him too much respect and come out a little more disrespectful and just get served because of it. Right, yeah, that was that was another thing that could be another factor. Anthony Smith was super respectful, and like even during the fight was very respectful. And John was like, "Okay, you're being a nice guy. I'm not gonna put my elbow through your fucking brain." Right, like yeah, hey, you don't uh, you don't try to win, and I won't hurt you. Right, yeah, pretty much, kind of cool. like um, the gentleman's agreement that Adesanya and Anderson Silva seem to have. Oh yeah, like uh, or Anderson Silva is always in these fights. Actually, like when he fought um, Tylus Latis, when he fought Damian Maya, you know he let these guys off the hook. He could have he could have inflicted some serious violence, but was like, you know what? You're Brazilian. I'm Brazilian. You just keep flopping on your back like that, and I'll just keep kicking at your legs, and we'll get out of this just fine. Yeah. God, I love Anderson Silva. He's the fucking. Yeah. He is the best. Best. He's still fighting. That's why I'm cheering for Adesanya is because I, I I listened to an interview last night with Adesanya and he basically said that him and Anderson had a gentleman's agreement and he didn't want to hurt him because he loves him so much. Like, okay, I like you, Adesanya. Yeah, don't hurt my fucking hero. Yeah, but I I'm okay with him hurting Gaslam. Oh yeah, go <laughs> ahead and hurt Gaslam. That'd be fine. I don't I don't have as much skin in the game. You know, Anderson Silver's just my like my second favorite fighter, but my first favorite fighter that I was like invested in, where I liked him enough that I'd buy his shirt. Mm. For me, it's Vitor Belfort. Love- Vitor, then uh, Anderson, Fedor. Those are my top three. I I was uh, so I got into the sport by watching Tough One, and Forrest Griffin. You know, was my favorite because of that show, and then. When Anderson Silva made Forrest Griffin look like a sixth grade girl, I was like, oh my God, that guy has to be my new favorite fighter. I had heard of him because of the dancing to the ring, like Michael Jackson type of thing, looking like a stick figure, but still killing fools. But mm-hmm. when he just tooled on Forrest Griffin, I was like, yep, jumping ship. Sorry, Forrest. Yeah, everyone thought I was crazy when I was like, yeah, Anderson's going to destroy Rich Franklin the first time they fought. People are like, what? You're crazy. Rich Franklin's the greatest. Blah, <laughs> He's blah, a math blah. teacher. Yeah, I was like, no, Franklin's good, but like, what is he going to try to do here? He's going to come out and try to clinch with Anderson Silva. And like, that's stupid. Like, this is a shooto box guy. This is like, no, bro. Like, this is Muay Thai specialist. Like, you're going to enter the clinch with this guy? And sure as shit, what happened? Franklin locked up with, with uh, Silva and like, the you know, that classic picture of. It's just Franklin in the in the tie plum, just like yeah, yeah. afraid for his life, and it's like at that moment he knew he fucked up. But he and did then, it again. In yeah, the <laughs> oh, poor Cincinnati. Yeah, he got he had to have facial reconstructive surgery after the second civil fight, right? Mm. Shit, if not the first. Yeah, it was bad. bad. Like he his his nose was like completely on the other side of his face. Yeah, but- that was. 
That was bad. That was really bad. Watching that as a casual fan at the time, I'm like, that's – I just I – st- he's a very skinny human being. And I, he's just fucking schooling on fools. I, at the time, I was still like muscles means like fighting ability. And mm. he – like uh, – See, I was around for the early UFC. So like I, I, I saw Hoist doing his thing. So like I was, I was well aware of, of like the physicalities weren't always the tail of the tape. Like it, it wasn't always the full story. But man, old UFCs, man, shit was crazy back then. Yeah, the wild, wild west. Like ball punches and <laughs> oh man, go check out uh, Takahashi versus uh, Walid Ishmael. That is like you'll never see more fouls in a fight. You'll nice. never see more fouls that aren't called, like blatant fouls that just aren't called as fouls, so, like from fence grabs to cup punches to. Oh, fun fact. So over this past weekend, I commentated the Spartaca Fight League event, oh, yeah, SFL 38. I saw a hammer fist to the jewels. Nice. <laughs> it was insane. And by the way, dude, that card, way better than 90% of the UFCs. Way better. Like every single fight was just exciting. Like it was it was an epic card. Like, I, I was blown away. Absolutely blown away. Like I couldn't believe it. I saw you tweet that, but I was like, is he just uh, posturing because he was not nah, real? Not even. Like, that was legitimately I – was, I, couldn't, I couldn't believe it. One of the best events I've ever seen in my life. Fantastic. I was, I was blown away. Is it streamed anywhere or is it just the local? Thing? Yeah, so like the pay-per-view streams on Fight.TV. Oh, fuck yeah, man. I have like $180 of free money on Fight TV by, by tweeting out the link to, to join. Oh, shit. No way. Fuck yeah. Well, you can go check out the pay-per-view. Very nice. I will next time. Actually, it might not be 180. I could be lying to you. Let me pull it up. And then I'll yeah, let the ne- you go. Next one's uh, June 22nd. Okay. You'll have to remind me. I got a lot going on. But yeah, it's always a good time, man. I love commentating. I've never done it. I don't think I would be very good at it. I didn't think so either, but I just did it because I wanted to try it. And it was just... I got hooked. I'm like, man, you get to be like this close, and yeah, yeah. All you, all you're doing is talking about the fights. So you, but you, I, you stream on Fight TV, like your voice is what's on Fight TV. Right, correct. Nice. Yes, yeah. I have 122 bucks. Nice. Okay. Of of balling money, I did not put in. Damn right, that's awesome. I wish I could gift it to people because people were like, oh, I don't have enough money to buy this. I'm like, I have 122 dollars that aren't mine. You might be able to. I can't. Oh, I guess, yeah. But if, if you uh, join by using my link, you get $10. No shit. Good to know. For sure. That's what's up. Right on. Well, I'll right. edit uh, our chat and try to put it in. I appreciate you for doing that with me. We need to do more of these. Dude. I feel like we could just talk forever. It, this could probably be like a 24-7 stream of us just living life and talking MMA around the clock well yeah i had mentioned that that one time we could do um like a podcast together flying with eddie mercado or something i just like to use my flying and then put it with like flying with mr positivity flying with black fabio whatever <laughs> flying with ricky ketchup yeah there you go that's okay. what's up man i'm down keep the keep the brain keep the wheels turning yeah i'll keep look the ideas into flowing. i'll look into how i can maybe have you live like on my live and then and then I'll let you know. I think it'd be dope. Thanks a lot, dude. I gotta go. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. Nice.